You guys. You guys. The Oscars are over. Award season is over. We are going to get right into this My today. skin has cleared. My acne is gone. I am 10 pounds lighter. I no longer have anxiety. Let us just begin by saying this has been the Oscars, Hollywood, Tinseltown, whatever you shall name it, has 1000% out extra itself more than like, did you think Hollywood was ever capable of being more extra than it is? It managed to do that this year at these Oscars. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard correct. They tried so hard that everybody wished they were elsewhere. Nobody wanted to be there. You guys didn't even want to watch them. I read no one. I read like the cameramen at the Oscars didn't even want to be there. Nobody. The janitors were shook. They had the lowest ratings. I think of all time. I'm going to go out there and just completely go rogue with the statistic. But I read that since 2016, they had a pretty solid stream of like 40 million viewers. And this year it was down at its all time lowest at 20 million. And we can tell you why. And it's so sad because like, granted now I'm extremely jaded to anybody unless like Sam Hewen is directly in my face. But like, I remember growing up, Taylor, I don't know about you. I don't know about you guys listening, but like I used to have Oscar parties with my family every year. I would literally come up with these fake awards I bought at Party City. It was the highlight of my year having grown up like obsessed with Hollywood, which is so fucking funny because here we are, folks. But like I was obsessed with the Oscars, obsessed with seeing my favorite actors, the hosts. It was so funny. It was so light. And like it was a celebration of movies. And lately it's just turned into a political fuck fest. And people are over it. America's over it. Hollywood is over it. Everybody is over it. And nobody cares. Let me tell you a little preview of what you guys all have in store today. I literally had to hide in a bush from Joaquin Phoenix at the Vanity Fair Oscar party trying to eat an In-N-Out burger because I was afraid he would come after me and my family seeing me insert beef into my mouth. This is what it has become. Yes, it is true. We're going to dive right into it, you guys. Um, Taylor and I's Oscar weekend started on the Oscars themselves. We were blessed, hashtag blessed enough to not have to cover any pre-parties or anything. So Taylor's night began at 11 p.m. Mine began at around 4 p.m. And you guys, what a night it was. And you might be wondering, why, guys? Why wouldn't you want to go to these fabulous Oscar parties and all these extravagant things. We're going to tell you why. A, because of the aforementioned information. B, if you guys haven't listened to our Grammys episode, oh, guys, it goes down in there. It ain't as glamorous as it seems. Unless you are literally Chrissy Teigen, then get lost. No, I completely agree. Overrated, overhyped, drawn out. You forget your name. You forget the planet. Not worth it. Not worth the paycheck. And you're starving and you're tired and you just can't wait to get home. And then you get in your car and you have one mile of gas and you have to end up going in a ball gown <laughs> and heels to a shell station on Hollywood Boulevard. Speaking from personal experience, it's not ideal. So let's get right into this, Tay. Um, your night, let's like, maybe we should do a little chronological. Let's take people on this like journey. A journey. Because we'll do a little like chronological, spiritual experience. A sound bath awakening. Let's (laughs) fucking get it. I agree. So um, it's Oscars day. It has arrived. It's the, it's the, not the day of rest for us, only for Jesus and his followers and not for us. Um, Your day started first. My day started first. Yeah. So I was debating what to wear. Here were my two options. I didn't do what Taylor did, which she will talk to you guys, which is go to a showroom and deal with stylists who are like crazy. I decided to like go rogue with this shit. So my options, one pink dress that literally looks like 
like a mermaid threw up on it and it was like couldn't like limited to couldn't sell it so like they put it in Windsor and I bought it for $20 two years ago option one option two a Sherry Hill dress that I got from a showroom two years ago and never returned because they never asked me Sherry Hill if you're listening to this please get in touch because I'm not trying to get sued I was actually gonna say I don't know if you guys have heard of Sherry Hill but they are like a glorified like prom dress like if you live in Alabama, like this is what you're gonna wear if you're anyone. No, it is like a factory for like prom girls living their best lives, and for whatever reason, they've become like the mecca of red carpet reporter outfits because we can't get into like for whatever reason Dior won't answer us. Like maybe our emails got lost in the internet abyss. Well, Sherry Hill used to be really hard. It used to be like if you see someone wearing something on the carpet, you're like, oh my god, do you have the reps info? And the girl will be like. Oh, I don't. I'm so sorry. And then you're like trying to seek out an email from somebody who works at Cherry Hill, <laughs> trying to get a Cherry Hill dress. Like you're a girl, like a blonde chick from Alabama living her best life at a 15 year old's dance. You would think this is fucking Donatella Versace in the flesh you're talking to. So this was like first part, which again, you're probably thinking, who cares? You have to get a dress for a, a cool like Hollywood event. But also, it's hard. They literally make the attire black tie. Okay, let me just whip out one of my 17 ball gowns made from Balmain. Because you know these celebrities, I see it on their Instagram stories. They have a stylist come over with a rack of clothes and have them go through it all day skipping around like they have nothing better to do. Going through all these fucking custom-made designer outfits. That's not how it rolls with us, honey. Not how it rolls, honey. So I ended up picking the pink dress. And I get dressed. My glam squad is me. Woo-hoo me myself and I and we had a great ass time um it was raining outside love that for me love that I didn't have to go to the actual show this year which I've gone to the past two years you guys I know you're probably thinking oh my god I would love to go to the Oscars let me just tell you the answer is you're incorrect because all of the streets are closed off you cannot get in you cannot get out it was raining on the carpet if you take a picture somebody will confiscate your phone like you are literally trying to invade the pentagon it is not a fun ordeal so i was more than happy to be attending my mercedes-benz after party i put on my pink dress gorgeous gorgeous love it i ended up going in circles in beverly hills because elton john's after party was setting up and it was literally like uh, took up 17 streets in 90210 it literally went into like your belinda um so that was interesting and yeah, then I arrived at Mercedes Benz and what a Benz of Mercedes it, it was. was. It was. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. What time did you show up there? I would say around 4.30. Okay. Did, what time did I need to show up, you ask? 6 p.m. <laughs> no, that's how it rolls. Nobody walks on the carpet. The rule of thumb on the carpet, you guys, is the more important you are, the later you show up. This is important this is imperative this has become our lifestyle this is our bible if a carpet starts at seven and ends at eight you bet your ass kate beckinsale is arriving at 10 p.m three days later for that same taking a photo and getting off the carpet like it's Mm -hmm. literally like it's just beyond it's so meanwhile i was covering the vanity fair party which i'm sure you guys have heard it's a very exclusive cool hollywood party that very rare people get into and this fucking shit sorry to curse but it's really important for this time the oscars start at 5 p.m la time they end around 8 8 30 I didn't have to get to this party around 1130 because they're so strict with press that they literally have time slots for press to show up. So I'm literally sitting there. You name it. I painted my walls. I watched my walls dry. I did some knitting. I played some croquet. I just 
I baked an apple pie. Took a nap. No. You texted me at 10 p.m. Good good morrow. Good morning. No. Good day. I got bored. I was listening to my neighbors and their nights. I was like, I wonder what they're up to on you this fine read evening. the Guinness Book of World Records. Twice. Backwards, forwards. I even read it in Swedish. You wrote like, a thesis paper. You learned Rosetta Stone. No. Meanwhile, I actually didn't watch any of the Oscars because I was like... I'm sure I'll get an earful. I'm covering the party tonight. The only things I want, like I kept on tabs with on Twitter was watching who won and like if there are any funny viral moments, whatever. We will get into that. Folks. No, which is really special. So anyway, there's really nothing important about this except for the fact that I was sitting picking my nose until like 11 o'clock when everyone's nights were ending is when my Oscars night basically first started. Mm-hmm. Endless glamour. Endless. Wait. Endless. So the Oscars begin. Emily. Meanwhile, though, you had a little special. I had a special moment on the carpet. You did. So. With homemaking connoisseur icon. Prison queen. Martha Stewart. Ba-dum-bum. So, guys. <laughs> prison queen. I'm pretty shameless on the carpet. Like, people stare at me and they're like, you did not just ask that. I'm like, listen, honey. Uh, this person will not remember me tonight, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They will probably think for a second, wow, that was awkward, and then never think of me again in their life. So most of the time, I like my job. I like getting a paycheck. If my editors ask me to be shameless, unless it's a horrifying situation, like something Taylor will get into later today, we're pretty shameless, you guys. Me and Taylor, we get we do the damn thing. So, okay, guys, backstory. Martha Stewart went on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen last week, and she made a comment about Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow owns the company Goop. It's like a really like chic wellness brand. But listen, guys, we're not talking about bed, bath, and body work soap. We're talking like if you want a $900 lotion for your elbows, like hit up Gwyneth Paltrow. She made this candle and she called the candle. This candle smells like my vagina. Okay. If you're going to make a candle that bold, it better, there better be like sugar cubes and rose petals downstairs, honey. So Martha Stewart was like going off. I was saying she like did not agree with this candle. Like it was disgusting. Like whatever. Not a fan. So I'm interviewing Martha Stewart. And of course, I'm, I'm going to ask her. I literally went in and I was like, oh, my God. So like you are you make so many products for the home. You're a chef. You you know, you have multiple companies like you have a vagina. <laughs> you are a woman. Like, what would you change about this product? And she starts telling me how she would advise Gwyneth Paltrow to make it unscented. And she's going off. And all of a sudden, I feel a hand grab my clavicle and my shoulder in one squeeze. It is an aggressive squeeze. It is not a love tap. It is not a sign to wrap up the interview. It is not a sign that Martha is enjoying this conversation. It is a sign saying, I will have you escorted out of here by Interpol and deported out of the country if you do not wrap up this interview immediately. So I literally go, oh, thank you. And lo and behold, was Martha Stewart's publicist who came out of nowhere like a thief in the night and approached me from behind, did not even know she existed, did not even know she was at the party, wrapped up my interview, not by lightly tapping me, not by giving me a signal from behind Martha, by grabbing my shoulder, and I want to make this very clear because it's important, my clavicle, and telling (laughs) me to keep it moving, sis. The end. Can you imagine? A memoir. But wait a minute. How did Martha take to this? whole scenario like did she answer was she here for it i would say she was totally here for my answer of course my she's question. a fucking g i would say when her publicist approached the only word that comes to mind flabbergasted martha was flabbergasted she stared at this woman like she was like we just we just did that we went there oh but she 
like allowed it. She was surprised it. that her publicist was like, she was a deer in headlights. And let me tell you something. Martha has been in prison. It takes a lot to shake that bitch up. Martha has been behind <laughs> bars. Martha is like our, like like the millennial generation's version of Lori Laughlin. And Gen <laughs> oh, Z, Gen Z, at least we have Lori and Felicity, y'all. Okay. She is Lori Laughlin with actual street cred. And the fact that her own publicist like made her shook says a lot like Emily had body parts amputated in this crossfire like this is what happens when you bring up vagina in an interview even with Martha Stewart the end y'all so that was one thing that I really felt like it was important to tell you guys it was wait but this is also was this before or after that you were like in a separate detained like quarantined area for press. I want to tell you that there must have been a coronavirus outbreak (laughs) at the Mercedes-Benz party. But only press. There must have been because what other reason, Taylor, would they have all of the celebrities roped off in a separate section of the party from the pesticide press? We must be corona carriers. You guys, Ebola who? Never heard of her. Like, this is what happened. The carpet is done. I'm starving. I'm excited to go get my fancy cheese plate. I want a vodka soda. I want to sit down. I want to b- watch Brad Pitt win. I want to do all the things. Okay. <laughs> By the way, you guys, real winner of Oscars night, Camilla Maroney. We're going to get to that bitch because she is onto something that none of us on planet Earth she are. She was drinking the Kool-Aid. She had a seat all night between Brad and Leo. She is and gentlemen. She is the offspring of Einstein. Anyone who tries to convince me differently will she never. She is Malala. No, she is. We're going to get to her, but first We're going to get to Camilla. Anyway, so yeah, I walk up to this, like, so I walk into the party. There is a man blocking, (laughs) there's one man blocking a roped off section with celebrities. Like, if you try to walk into him, he will turn into John Cena and The Rock's love child and block you out before you can even blink your eyes. And so I did, you know what, you guys? I didn't even try. I walked right up to him. I was like, cute. Turned around went to the peasant bar, got a drink, and then a publicist I know walked over and she's like, why aren't you in that area? And I was like, oh. So she's like, oh, let me just try to escort you in. It's no problem. So me and this publicist walk over to this guy and he stares at me and he goes, I I haven't seen you in this area before. And I literally am just staring at him like, you're a fat man patrolling a rope for celebrities (laughs) at a party and you're going to act like you are the literal shit. The literal shit. No. Like, you are not the Secret Service. Spoiler alert, this is not the White House reality check, sir. I mean, hello. And like, so she stares at him. She's like, she's with me and she is the media. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to like flaunt that I'm the media? I am here for it, sister friend. And this guy was so scared of both of us together. He's like, keep it moving. And he let us in. Do you guys know how many times Emily and I have pissed in full on ball gowns at these things in porta potties? I'm not kidding you. So many there times. There's a support like, group for all the people who have witnessed us do shameless things. No. It's literally called SA, Shameless Anonymous, because me and Taylor have done some ratchet ass no. crap. Like all you guys see from these fancy events are Instagram stories of like A-Rod flossing JLo's butthole with gold floss that they got in their goodie bags, which we're also going to talk about. And we are literally wiping our asses with leftover tissue in porta potties. The glamour never ends, you guys. Move to Hollywood. So this is the shit that's going on. Meanwhile, I'm still sitting on my couch like contemplating like having an existential crisis thinking about the meaning of life because I have nothing else to do and the Oscars are happening they're on a roll like Martha Stewart's publicist has claimed a piece of Emily's weave like the night is rolling it's going it's on so 
while the Oscars are happening, if you, for those of you who watched, you saw a shining mother effing star in the first row. I'm not talking Brad. I'm not talking Leo. Cynthia I'm not ta- who? No, I'm not talking Scarlett. Um, who am I talking? The one. The only. The only. Generation Z queen <laughs> icon Barbie doll legend. No. Nobel Peace Prize winner, Camila Maroney. Let's just all take a moment of silence for Camila Maroney and her her contributions to this life. And her mom has like an on and off thing with Al Pacino. So, honey, I don't know what kind of like gemstone those people arrived on planet Earth from, but they are like, they must be Avengers. No. Those are not humans. Camila Maroney is Leo DiCaprio's like 13 year old girlfriend and she's also an actress but she's sitting in the front row the entire Oscars between Brad between Leo wearing like a whimsical think of your dream dress in life times like that is shit compared to this I'm sorry that is garbage pail. This is like this girl descended from the heavens of Meghan Markle's pussy in this gorgeous Vera Wang. I don't know what it was. And I don't care about designers, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. And this gorgeous white flowing dress making us feel like turtles in a sewer. Guys, and keep in mind, this was a school night. The Oscars are not on a Saturday. They're the a Oscars Sunday. are on a Sunday. Little Camila Maroney is out on the carpet doing the damn thing. And like, then I actually saw her at the Vanity Fair party that night. Did she change? She changed. She's a fucking baller boss. She walks in with Haley Baldwin. They walk in like they are strutting on the catwalk of our lives. People get out of the way. They beeline. They don't even like miss a beat. They come in guns blazing like the Gen Z icons they know to be. And I wanted to say like... I don't know if you saw this, Taylor. When you interviewed Camila, um, like, a few months her. ago, she was fine. Like, she didn't give you much, but she was fine. And then she does a whole expose with the LA Times about her relationship with Leo. That's so crazy. So it really goes back to show, like, how these people are so selective with who they're going to talk to about what. I do actually want to tell you guys a story about Camila, though, because this actually is why I love her and why I thought she's a freaking boss. Because I interviewed her at this thing. She was being recognized among other young actors. And they had a little panel. And get a load of this. She, like, you would think. I am ready for my load. No. (laughs) The load is coming in hot from the porta potty at the Oscars, okay? She talked about how, about her anxiety. Like, she's this gorgeous, floating on earth angel, like, sucking Leo DiCaprio's dick, literally. And she talked about how she did her first, one of, like, her first biggest films with James Franco. And she was so nervous in her trailer, like, freaking out. And then, get this, when she got got onto set with him, she fainted on James Franco. Shut up. That was how bad, how much she had anxiety. And I I actually ended up going up to her after she told the story to her and her mom. Because it was, like, the seated, like, luncheon. And I told her, I was like, I'm really glad you said this story because no one would know this about you. Like, you date the most famous superstar in the world. You're gorgeous, perfect, flawless. I would never know that you fainted on James Franco. And even then, she was like, oh, my God, I really, like, I feel like I just, my mom and I were joking. She said I, like, bombed, like, up there on the panel in the Q&A. mom said that? And I told her mom, I was like, you should be so proud of her. And she was like, no, I am. But I told her, I was like, that is so boss that you just came out with that and said that because we would never know. Like, if I didn't know that, I would think you would not even think twice about digging into my eyeballs with your Louboutins. 
while stomping over me at Vanity Fair. You know, wow, you're a human. I really just wasn't sure. One hundred percent. So I thought that was really cool. So moment of silence one more time for Camila. Give it up for Camila, everybody. Silent claps all around town and back. Go, girl. So I think the only appropriate thing to talk about next. The swag bag. Oh, well, we can get to the swag bag. I was thinking it is the time to talk about Joaquin and Renee. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. How can I forget? Phoenix, you guys. I don't know if you were one of the lucky people to experience this sermon sponsored by PETA. (laughs) Emily is, because keep in mind, I wasn't watching the Oscars. Emily is texting me. In a rage of fury and pure confusion over Joaquin Phoenix's 18-hour acceptance speech. You guys, his speech lasted longer than Meghan and Harry have lived in the UK. (laughs) Like, I just don't understand. I have so many questions. Let's recap. Joaquin Phoenix went onto this stage, and the first mistake he made was saying, I know as celebrities, we have an opportunity to use our platform to send a message. Uh, Wrong answer, sir. Strike one. To the three people watching this year, you, even to them, you are wrong. You are wrong. And I'm literally sitting there eating my chicken with waffle being like, this is going to be a great ass moment that I just (laughs) wish I didn't have to witness, but I'm packed all around me. Will I am to my left, Nico Santos to my right, Laura Dern on my head. It's there's no escape. You have to watch. I have to watch. So I'm literally watching the speech and he goes on about how that the cow's milk from the mother and we're drinking milk and we should all be drinking almond milk and saving the environment and the planet and loving each other and immigrants and politics and LGBT. And literally I'm staring at him so confused (laughs) as he tries to squeeze in every single progressive movement he can. And Jane Lynch and her wife are standing, her, not her wife, her partner are standing up clapping, screaming, cheering. And I'm standing there sinking back into my dress, hoping that I melt like the Wicked Witch of the West and disappear from these Hollywood elitists can't go back through the rope because the big fat guy won't let me back in. (laughs) So I am stuck in this moment watching Joaquin Phoenix shame me into drinking cashew milk. Can I just ask one simple thing? Please. Joaquin Phoenix, I have never met you. I've never met your people. I've never even met your cousin three times removed. I've never done anything to you. Why do you have to personally victimize my only morning solace of my coffee and the milk I put in it in your acceptance speech? The appropriate thing after he clean sweep award season, why don't you get up there? Maybe say a few words about Heath Ledger, who also won for the Joker and passed away like after before he won for best supporting actor. Perfection. Would have been cute. Perfection. Loved how we ended his speech by giving a little tribute to his brother who passed away. <laughs> Why don't you start with that instead of well, he start? I'm gonna, like I'm gonna be really PC here, guys. He started like stuttering and nobody knew it was happening, and it was because he was crying because he was gonna honor his brother. No one knew that was happening after his speech about cow's milk. I literally thought yeah. he was gonna cry over like like a lamb. But I think the even wilder thing was when Renee Zellweger <laughs> tried to updo him. Perfection. Renee Zellweger wins, goes on stage, dedicates her. By the way, I saw the funniest tweet. It literally was like. Renee Zellweger is a queen because after leaving the acting world for eight years, she goes back, wins an Oscar for a movie that 15 people saw. Queen goes on stage, goes, I would like to thank all the immigrant children. This one's for you. No, 
Renee Selweger. And I've met her. She's a total sweetheart. She is, but she's also a little, like, up in the clouds. Yeah, she? Well, look at her speech. I mean, her whole vibe is, like, not all there. She is trying to upstage Joaquin so badly. This girl, in her mind, is going through a Rolodex of every person she has ever made eye contact with since conception. She's thinking the bus driver she took to kindergarten. She's thinking the lady who taught her to finger paint in second grade. The ambiguous fat man sitting next to her who nobody knew who her date was. My mom literally texted me, who was the next to Renee? I'm like, I, I cannot answer the question. I plead the fifth. Like, why? And I just want to make this, I just really want to drive this point home. Please. Like, there were people on Twitter who were like, giving them virtual oral sex over loving these speeches, especially walking. I saw them in person. They're called the Hollywood elite progressives. But even like people on Twitter who I'm sure are in middle America were like, oh, thank you, Joaquin, for like having a voice for us little people. Let me tell you all something. Joaquin little Phoenix people. and you are not the same. He is fucking lavish. He probably poops in a vegan gold toilet. He does not live the life you live. Like do not for a second think that he did you guys some like serve it act of service like it's just no knock it off he is not your vegan king he is not your knight in shining vegan leather he's not that person you guys he is just another member of the hollywood elite and we need we need to keep it moving so speaking of keeping it moving oh my god are you gonna go with what i think we're gonna go with give it to us girlfriend okay the stars go and they enjoy this night they enjoy watching renee and said people talk for 17 hours about things we don't know in, on God's green earth who they're referring Even to. Even Laura Dern was confused. No. And it takes a lot. That's when you know. It takes a lot to make that bitch feel unsettled. Trust us, y'all. So they leave. They get handed what's called, right, swag bags, you could say. Because well, normally swag bags are like body perfume, chocolate, a book about self-help that you'll never read that some guest at the party wrote. It's like $5 on Amazon. It's like these, basically what happens is these companies want exposure. So they give free shit away to celebrities at the Oscars. So this way they like, and this is mostly every event we go to. There's some sort of gift bag, but it's like, honestly, it's not that great. Like you'll see a Hollywood reporter in there. You're like, great. I really wanted a Hollywood reporter magazine. Like it's some light reading about this bullshit. It's not awesome, but like there's sometimes some hidden gems in there, but Taylor, why don't you explain the contents of what okay. the stars received at the Oscars. Okay. It wasn't chocolate. It wasn't a book, was it? It wasn't even perfume. Oh. It wasn't even, say, a nice bottle of liquor. You're, you're lying. These millionaires who live in space galaxies far, far away, founded by Elon Musk as experiments, receive a bag on their way out of the Oscars. That is okay. Here it comes. This bag for these assholes was worth a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, Guys, just let that sink in. $225,000, you say? Who had the audacity to gift this to these privileged assholes? And then I'm dying to know who took it. Because the thing is... So where is it? Because I've been in the Oscars before. And let me tell you, honey, nobody sought after me and handed me a $225,000 gift card. They, in in this year's gift bag, they got... I think they got, like, a seven-night stay on this, like, 
luxurious cruise. They got like a gold plated vape because Leo DiCaprio has been in a vaping. I swear to God. And the whole like irony. Did they get like a Raya membership also? No. Guys, oh, wait, no, Emily. Wait, no, did they, they? No, they did. No, they, they got matchmaking services. Matchmaking services. Raya, you guys, is an elite dating app that you have to apply to. It's like you'll casually see Ben Affleck on there. It's yeah. like a hinge for rich people. And the irony is how all night long they're like, you are like me. I am like you. I am like that sheep. I am like that goat. We are, we are all one and the same. And meanwhile, they are Kumbaya. taking, Kumbaya fucking yeah. And they're taking nearly half a, okay, sorry, quarter million dollars worth of stuff when they could, they could piss that out on their gold and black toilets and wouldn't even know it's missing. Let's just talk about that. Dun, okay. That's what happened there, which is like really special. I want you to go full force into <laughs> Vanity Fair, but I think there's one more thing we need to touch on. 100. I think the highlight of my night, more so than Camila, more so than Renee and Joaquin being the patron saints of America, more so than the gift bags, more so than the rooftop section, more so than the vagina candle, was the legend of Bong Joon-ho. <gasps> How could I forget? You guys. Bong Joon-ho, clean swept at the Oscars. He is the director, screenwriter, all the things of Parasite. This man did not speak a word of English all night and won the entire show. And let me tell you, everybody else in the cast, I watched interviews. They all spoke English. I am willing to lay my life down and say that Bong Joon-ho speaks perfect no. English. He just didn't want to interact with any of these motherfuckers. Emily and I have this theory because the thing it is... It is a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. This man has gone through the whole award show circuit, like pretending like he doesn't even know the ABCs. And here's our theory, because in Los Angeles... Icon. Icon. Because in Los Angeles, people have this thing. We think it's because, like, when you're in this creative field, like, actors and writers, like, you're kind of secluded. Like, you're not really around. It's not like an office like a lot of you guys probably where, like, you go and interact with people all day. You're secluded a lot. So we have this theory that people here love. You you could ask them, how are you today? Five minutes later, you will know their entire life story. Life story. Taylor and I have literally ended friendships over this. Literally. It ends up being a one-sided conversation Uh. for two hours. How are you? Oh, my grandma, my aunt, my sister, my boyfriend, my dog, my cat, my computer. Literally. Like everything in your life. Just say good in you. It's such an LA thing. So we think this Oscar-winning genius pretended not to speak English this entire time because he knows he's an Oscar winner. He's a smart guy. He does not for one second want to get roped into that bullshit. He wants to take his Oscar. He wants to drink his champagne, get shit-faced, Keep and ignore it moving. Us. I know he speaks English because in the middle of his speech, he literally goes, Quentin, I love you. Also, maybe my even favorite fact of the night is he was doing an interview earlier this year. I think last year at Cannes, which is a film festival. He called the Oscars a local award show. Oh, how perfect is that? As if it's like your Sunday flea market, your Sunday's farmer's market, your middle school talent show. Dinner with your grandparents. He literally is going to bring his Oscars to like show and tell. That is the Oscars to him, to all of us as it should be. Best part is his translator is an aspiring director who was so enthralled by the Hollywood madness shit show of award season. She wants to make a movie, a, a satire about award season. These people need to take over the government and rule America because they are legends. Coronavirus would be 
gone in a sweep gone. if it was up to these We fuckers. would all have clean skin. We'd all be skinny. No. We'd all have no anxiety. We'd all be rich. <laughs> Honestly, Bong Joon-ho and his no. translator, America needs you. You guys are icons. So cut to here I am. And my night is ending. And oh, Taylor's is just, just beginning. beginning. I get to the Vanity Fair party. So these red carpet photos people think that they are like the Mona Lisa on steroids. They have this special thing. If you guys follow red carpets, you've probably seen it. It's like these three circles, like Kim and Kanye and Kylie posed on them next to each other at the same time. That's how you'll know what I'm talking about. They have these like three circles on this red carpet that they have celebrities come and pose on. And it's like such a thing. But here's the twist that you don't see on Instagram. You guys, in order to get into the party, you have to walk on that red carpet. So I'm like literally a trying to get a photo while I'm stuck trying to like get out of the weeds of Heidi Klum's dress. And I'm like, how do I a get a photo on this and b not photobomb Joaquin Phoenix and his Beyond Burger? I just like this is a stressful situation. So I, and I now in hindsight, I actually wonder how this works because it was such a clusterfuck that I did it so fast. But Emily, do you think had I been like, I want to pose, would they let me? Like now that I think about it, I'm like, this is kind of like segregation. Can like, I be honest with you? They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let you. So how do they... They would throw you off the carpet. <laughs> like you are literally an internationally wanted terrorist. Like you were... Oh, um, there is a manhunt for your arrest. If you see a 5'2 blonde running around Los Angeles in a hot pink dress take her down now in hindsight i'm like so how do they even do this vetting process are they like with a clipboard being like okay so um are you a list b list c list like yes you can post because all guests have to go through there to get in the party so how do they decide like i just i'm used to being a peasant so i just like kept my head down and walked by but how awkward now i kind of wish i could go back in time in like an elon Experiment. musk ship and be like yeah i'm be like can i do it so cut to inside the party it's pitch black and i borrowed this dress this gorgeous like most extravagant dress i've worn on a red carpet why i don't know because it's like i was in a cave in aladdin throughout the entire night my photos are pitch black all you can see are my raccoon eyes with the flash on so do you know what i ended up doing i had to take a photo in this gorgeous multi-tiered feathery pink sparkly dress i will tell you where the photos took place in the bathroom, in the bathroom at the Vanity Fair party. The proof is in the pudding. Talk to me, Taylor, on Instagram. You will see the proof. The late literal maid was like cleaning next to me, the being like, maid. she was cleaning next to me, being like, ma'am, can you wrap this Taylor photo had shoot a night up? off? And it was all the maid. Can you imagine Diane Lane walks in with her cell phone, just trying to go to the bathroom in peace, like judging me being like this girl is doing a full on photo spread on the couch outside the bathroom. I had no other option. I was like, I have to take this photo because I'm borrowing this dress. So it's either here or at ballet in my car. Okay. I want you to talk about your experiences with Joaquin Phoenix. And I want you to talk about Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix and the alleged water bottle scenario. So I didn't see it with my own eyes. I did see what, so this party, we were not privy to this glorious moment that no, happened I after wish. Joaquin Phoenix's Joaquin, yeah, words. Joaquin Phoenix shamed us all into like being environmentalists. No. 
I'm like literally feel like I have to be bubble boy. Otherwise, Joaquin Phoenix will come find me and my family. I did see him at the party. I saw him very briefly. And this party is nuts because literally I walk everywhere you go. There's a celebrity. I walk in. Connie Britton is standing on my dress. I literally had to tap her and be like, ma'am, could you please get off my dress? Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. You are standing on my dress. And I see Joaquin. But apparently apparently the rumor has it it's swirling around the streets of vanity fair baby (laughs) the news has spoken start spreading the word apparently joaquin was holding and consuming out of and drinking out of a plastic water bottle no it uh, the cows are reeling right now renee is shook she did not need to one-up him in that speech because (laughs) he ruined it all for himself no back to renee really quickly i interviewed Judy Garland's daughter. Liza Minnelli. Not Liza. The other one. I can't remember her name. Basically, she said that this movie was like an abomination to her and her family. I'm not kidding. Love that for her. I was like, I asked her, I was like, so what do you think of Judy? Like, it's getting a lot of hype. And she was like, if someone wants to honor my mother's life, they'll just watch her films. I was like, the shade is real. You are on your sunglasses ASAP. (laughs) Like, where's my sunscreen? Just kidding. Don't need it. You're crushing it right now. So then cut to the end of the night. And I just want to say, too, like, everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, I have reporter friends who have been doing this for years, and they've never gone into Vanity Fair. It's, like, very, very exclusive. And I have to say, I don't know if it's it's probably a combination of me being jaded and also being more lame. But and this is your second year lame. going. It's my second year going. My first year was last year. But it is really cool in that literally, like, Everyone is famous in there. So it's kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, it's what so much to take in. Yeah, like, it's so, so much fun to, to be a guest in. there instead of the fly on the wall. Totally. <laughs> like, it's so much to take in. But, like, this year, I don't know. 12.30 a.m., like, dance floor, tumbleweed. 12.40 a.m., in and out employees are begging you to take a burger. Like, last year, people were swinging from chandeliers with, like, in and out spread hanging from their mouths Why until 2 in the Phoenix morning. Why did his veganism for something to do, you guys? It was that boring. And I think it's just, like, I really want to get into this quickly because our friend who's a reporter wrote an amazing piece for Women's Wear Daily that talks about why... Basically, like, Hollywood events have gotten really boring, A, and B, why press isn't allowed into things anymore. So what's going on is, like, these companies, like YSL and, like, Sony, you name it, they'll have these, like, big bashes with celebrities, but they'll make them private to the press. And we've talked to you guys a lot about, like, the wall between us and celebrities and how it's so censored and why they don't want us around them. But the thing is, like... They'll have these events private to press and only have celebrities to make the celebs like feel more comfortable and like in their element. But then they'll have the ball sacks to after the event, like send photos and information expecting press to still cover, which is complete and like write about it, which is so rude. And she did an amazing job with the article. And she talks about how like she interviews a publicist who didn't want to be named and who says like, yeah, we want control. Like we want control of the narrative. We want control of like what goes on. But the problem is that shit is boring. You guys don't want to read. Like, if I wanted to learn about YSL, I'd watch their commercial. Like, the chutzpah they have to send a press release and ask us to cover something that we were axed out from. 
And it's like, there's something really, there's a really interesting tidbit in there. Like me and Taylor, when we cover these events, we're told by our editors, like get some color, get some observations. And me and Taylor observe like no other. Because it kind of makes, and this is what my friend says in the piece, like it, it makes it like more human than just mm-hmm. to look at a photo of Natalie Portman or whoever, like posing with a YSL bag, like to add a little flavor. It makes it to make like, you feel accessible. like you were there. Exactly. And the issue is like, okay, a New York Times reporter, New York Times, this is not like a tabloid oh at Ralph's. God. A New York Times reporter posted something about Rachel Brosnahan just staring at a, a basket of pigs and blankets that walked by. Was asked to make a correction. Like, a correction. Like, God forbid he observes Rachel Brosnahan looking at some carbs walking by her. Like, it's just ridiculous because the amount of things I've observed, the amount of stories I've broken, same with Taylor, just from hearing something at the right time and being in the right place. And, like, these celebrities don't want their conversations, you know, overheard by us leeches who are just trying to get some nice color out to the fans. And I think it permeated into the Vanity Fair party, which is known for being like very exclusive where celebrities can finally let their hair down. But even this year was kind of lame. I'm sorry to say it. Like, I think it's just spilling over in all areas, except there is one exception. Give it to us. The valet shit goes down at the valet it's the end of the night celebrities are waiting for their cars going out with who just kidding it's really not that scandalous no it's me like freezing and being like can i get the f home now me looking for my car in a hailstorm at the grammys 2019 and address it happened so wait you guys get this so it's like 1 30 in the morning i'm standing outside waiting for my car they have like one black suv after the other like i see paula abdul get in her car i see like what's her name katriana balf Oh, you saw her? I saw her. I saw her get in her car. There's like a line around the corner. So my valet is in my car. I gave them my ticket. No car. No car. Meanwhile, to like probably like 20 feet next, maybe 10, 20 feet next to me is Zach Braff. Shout out to Garden State with um, Florence Pugh, who he's dating. He, she was in Little Women. He is like putting on a whole comedy show. He's so funny. He's like as over it as I am. And the valet keeps yelling out like, John Smith, like blah, 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 like whoever for your car. And Zach Braff is just like copying them and mimicking them and everything that they say. He's like, yeah, John Smith, go get your car. He's like deranged on another planet. Like I was living for it. I was really entertained because he just was like trying to entertain the masses. Thank God. So the valet men, all of a sudden, this is like the Grammys with my credential part two. They're like, ma'am, we already had the last two cars come out of the valley. Shut up. No, I was like, what time was it? It's like almost two in the morning. Shut I'm like, up. if I am stuck here in this Vanity Fair purgatory for all my life. You're going to wake up at the USC Annenberg Center no. and like they're going to start playing a chorus. Like they're just going to be like, you need to leave. I was like, you can't be serious. Even Zach Braff, who's putting on this whole like one man comedy show, gets his car. I'm like, where is my car? They're like, sorry, like we're really getting in on this. Like and everyone's by the way, leaving. Everyone's leaving. Because what time did you get there before or after Zach? Like, they're going to, are they going to prioritize Zach or Taylor? No. I'll let you guys guess. I probably the girl who. <laughs> I'll let you guys guess. Probably the girl who, like, posed in the urinal for her photo. So, wait, you guys are going to scream. Tell us. So, finally, they're like, we found your car. 
I'm thinking, I'm like, they're probably going to give me an ice cream truck, but also like what celebrity <laughs> it's been hot box by like the no. teen valets, like what celebrity is going to pass up their Escalade for my silver Honda Civic? I just need to know. So like, that's not a possibility. They walk me to the front of the venue. My car is parked in front by itself of the no. venue where the party was. So I was like, car do you have like a, a Cadillac? Me? Yeah. A Honda Civic. Just parked casually. A in front of- 2018 Honda Civic parked in the front of this glamorous um, event. My 2019 Ford Fusion wasn't invited to the party. Is that not so special? I love that. I lastly want to get to something that may have been the most extra of all. I want to get your take. Tell me. The most extra. I'm talking more than Joaquin. I'm talking more than Renee. I'm talking about Natalie Portman's very controversial jacket. That Rose McGowan was not a stan of. <laughs> Rose McGowan, this lady went in. Lady? If you thought Martha was shook by her publicist, Natalie, did Natalie see this coming? She did not see this coming. And I don't think she's responded yet. She actually did respond. She did? Wait, so tell us the story. So let's fill the people behind. in. Let's fill the people in. So Natalie Portman wore a, a jacket and on the side at the Oscars and at the side were the names of all the female directors that she felt were snubbed. And of course, like all the mainstream media were like sucking her nipples, being like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like you are an icon and we don't deserve you, unsung hero. And so Rose McGowan, who I think is just like a boss because she is, she just says it how it is. Like she called bullshit. She called bullshit. So she basically went on this rampage scathing on Facebook being like, you guys can look it up. But the cliff notes is she was like, you, your only self-interest is for your own, like, self surface level activism throwing on a jacket with names because basically what rose called out is the fact that natalie portman we all know has like this thriving booming career and she's worked with like two female directors she has her own production company and she's hired one female director and guess who it was herself herself so basically rose mcgowan is like if you really want to do the work like Bitch, if you're that committed, like only work with female directors, like hire female directors. But how are you going to like make millions of dollars working with male directors and then be like, these females were snubbed like wah. So it became this like huge thing. People were losing their minds. I went on Rose's Facebook post and because people took it as like even I had like males like dudes texting me being like it wasn't very like sisterly of her because they saw it as like talking shit on Natalie and I'm like I didn't see it like that at all I think so this if bitch a dude is an offended dude is it not very brotherly of him oh oh equality right there but I don't think that's what it was I think she was just like telling it how it was Rose McGowan is her. a candid ass bitch I think she just She's wanted to say ass, it like she ass saw bitch. it so then someone th- needs to say it and Rose is gonna be that guy. dude good for her because she's right it's like it takes it actually doing the work and on the surface that's the thing like celebrities are so proud of themselves for doing the absolute bare minimum like I could go and write on a jacket like everyone of Joaquin Phoenix's cows. Probably people would be like, amazing. Am I actually meeting his cows in real life and milking them? No. You're eating in and out. 100%. So I thought she was just like a boss. Like, call it how you see she it. She said, sis. if you're going to walk the walk, you got to talk the talk. And 
100. And so Natalie ended up coming out with a statement being like, it's true. Like, I've only worked at blah, 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 so-and-so directors. Like, I've tried. Here's what I've tried to do. I'll keep trying. But, like, the plot thickens. And, like, Rose McGowan and her shaved head do not give any fucks. They are just, like, throwing the cards down. And that's what it is for Rose. So, Rose, kudos to you, sis. Here for it. Call it like you see it. Here for it. I wish we had more. You know what? It's going to be interesting to see how once we all like cope from this year's Oscars and how nuts they were. I'm interested to see how many people like tune in next year and watch because, again, they were so extra. Who would have thought they could like out extra themselves? Lo and behold, they did. So I'm wondering if next year people are going to be like, I do not need this in my life on my Sunday in my existence. Listen, like, we shall my see. mom literally got a massage and came home. On her Oscars night? Yes. I feel like we should all do that. Like, channel Simone Marcus. Channel her, follow her, live it, love it, dream it, believe it. We had fun. We saw it. We had the in and out. We came, we saw. We, we almond milked. We almond milked. We cashewed milked. We had a damn good time doing it. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.